grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. In the early Christian church, they really knew how to celebrate. Their celebrations seem maybe a little odd or unique or perhaps even strange to our modern ears. One of the things that they really, really liked to celebrate was their birthday. Nothing odd or strange about that, right? But they didn't celebrate one birthday. They didn't celebrate two birthdays. They celebrated three birthdays. The first birthday is the same birthday that you and I celebrate, the day that we are physically born into this world. The second birthday, some of us remember, maybe even celebrate, the day that we are born again by water in the Word, born into the family of God through holy baptism, our baptism birthday but it's this third birthday celebration that seems the strangest to us but it was the one they looked forward to the most the third birthday celebration for these early Christians was the day of their death the day that they died and they left this veil of tears and went to be with their Lord and Savior, the mansion prepared for them since the beginning of time forever and ever. Amen. And so each year on the anniversary of a family or a friend, a Christian's death, they would gather together and celebrate. In time... People said, well, maybe we should combine our celebrations. Let's even do it at church. That's how the celebration of All Saints Day, November 1st, came about. A celebration that we continue to this day. What are we celebrating today? Are we celebrating those who have died in the faith? Are we celebrating a, a victory of heaven over hell? Are we celebrating that heaven exists? God's word teaches us that today and every day, quite frankly, we are to celebrate the fact that God has called us to be his children. That God has marked us with his name. That he has called us to be holy. In other words, God calls you and all who cling to him in faith a saint. I know that there are, there are other churches that have a different definition of what a saint is, living some super holy life, maybe even performing some kind of a miracle. We're not talking about any of that stuff. The word holy, and we have it a lot in our church service, holy, sanctus, 
sanctuary saint. One who is declared holy by God. That's you. That's me. That's all who bear the name of Christ. In our gospel reading for today, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 1 to 12, our great pastor and teacher, Jesus, teaches us what it means. What it means that we are saints. What it means that God has called us, marked us, and declared us to be holy. Jesus opened his mouth. He taught his disciples and he teaches us. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To be poor in spirit. This is what God says a saint is. Poor in spirit. We don't want to be poor in anything, do we? We want to be rich. We want to have it all. God's word here is talking about that spirituality that we are all too quick to claim. It's very common, very popular. Wish I had a dollar for every time somebody told me. Uh, you know, I'm not very religious. I'm just spiritual. God's Word teaches us right here. God does not want your spirituality. He wants you to be poor in spirit. Emptying ourselves of any pretenses of being able to stand before the throne of God on our own. To be poor in spirit. King David teaches us in Psalm 51. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Lost in the trespasses of our sins. Spiritually dead. And not only spiritually dead, but spiritually enemies with God. To realize that our self-made, self-chosen, self-proclaimed spirituality is nonsense. The kingdom of God is for those saints who recognize their own sin and realize that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you are rich in things, if you are rich in pride, the kingdom of heaven, it's no big deal. Blessed. Blessed are those. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What happens when we're 
poor in spirit, Jesus teaches us again. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What do you mourn over? What do you mourn about? What grieves your heart? Husker football? Are you mourning? Stock market? Work conditions? The weather? These are the kind of things that, that bother us. They make us upset. We, we mourn over these things. God's Word teaches us something different. See, it's not enough just to recognize that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we realize our own sinfulness, when we realize that we are sinners, God's Word drives us to our knees and we mourn over our sin. Do we mourn over our sin or do we celebrate it? Do we mourn over our sin or do we make excuses for it? Do we mourn over our sin or do we look at other people's sin and judge them so that we can feel good about ourselves? Saints, those who have been washed clean and declared holy in the waters of holy baptism, acknowledge their sin and they are mournful over it. Their sin drives them to their knees. Their sin causes them to grieve because they realize that when they sin, they hurt not only themselves, they hurt not only those who are close to them, but first and foremost, their sin hurts and offends God. Blessed are the saints who know their sin and who mourn over it. God promises the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus our Lord. True comfort. No, no placebo. No, no fake good news. But a comfort that is won by the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus. Jesus goes on. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. My friends, I don't know that I have ever in my life met someone who said, Pastor, I would like to be more meek. That's not the way our world works, is it? No. If you want something in life, you better stand up for yourself and you better go get it. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? We know how the world works. God teaches us right here in these Beatitudes. The saints of God are blessed when they know their sin. The saints of God are blessed when they hurt and are mourning over their sin. The saints of God are blessed when they are humbled 
by their sin. The fruit of knowing and confessing our sins is a gentleness and a meekness that only God can provide. We're not talking here about letting people walk all over us. We're not talking here about becoming an extreme introvert and never speaking up. No. We're talking about a humility that flows from the Word of God that is created in us where we don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. When we know our own sins and God's gift of meekness is ours, we are not so so harsh and rash and judgmental to others because we know we're all sinners in the same boat. To be poor in spirit, to mourn over our sins, to be humble and meek, under the Word of God leads us to, quite frankly, the most important of the Beatitudes. Verse 6, Matthew 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. What are you hungry for? What do you sincerely desire? What are you hungering and thirsting for in your life? Some people might call it their bucket list. That's what they're hungering and thirsting for. Some people are hungering and thirsting for early retirement. Some people are hungering and thirsting for something athletically. Maybe even the saints to win the Super Bowl again. These are the kind of things we hunger and thirst for, right? God's Word teaches us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. My friends, all these other things that we hunger and thirst for, They will never satisfy us. They will never satisfy you. Think of all the national championships your favorite team has won. Are you satisfied? No, you want one more. Think of all the material blessings that God has blessed you with. Are you satisfied? Most of the time, no, I want a little bit more. All of these gifts from God, when they become the most important thing in our life, when we hunger and thirst for them, they will always, always, always let us down. There is only one thing. There is only one thing that will truly satisfy. And that is the righteousness that God gives us through His Son. Through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, righteous, perfect, holy, comes for those who are unrighteous and unholy. The great exchange takes place at the cross. 
where our sin is laid on Jesus. And Jesus pays the penalty, pays the price in full. Jesus' righteousness becomes ours in the waters of holy baptism, where we are robed in the righteousness of Christ. Forgiveness, life, and salvation are are ours. It's a gift. God pours this out to us. And what do we do? Well, sometimes we, we abuse this forgiveness by trying to pile up all the more sin. Sometimes we abuse this righteousness by simply taking it for granted. My friends, God calls us His saints. We know that we are at the same time both saint and sinner. God has declared us righteous by the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. The sin that old Adam still rages inside of us, and it is a battle. Satan convinces us that we are full, full of ourselves, full of our stuff, and that we do not need the righteousness of Christ anymore. God's Word teaches us that there is an insatiable hunger and thirst for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation that only Christ can provide. That's why we come to church. Because we're hungry. Because we're thirsty. Not for coffee and donuts. We come to church because we are hungry and thirsty for the forgiveness of sins. We are hungry and thirsty for the good news of the gospel, no matter how miserable our life is going at the present time. We hunger and thirst for that which we cannot accomplish on our own. We hunger and thirst for that and that alone, which can truly satisfy and fill us up with the good news with the waters of eternal life, with the bread of life, the forgiveness of sins. My friends, as we hunger and thirst for this righteousness and we are satisfied in Christ, God's blessings to us will overflow into the entire world. Blessed are the merciful. God's mercy is ours and we will be merciful to others. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We will sincerely desire the truth and the purity that God calls all of His children for. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. We will strive to be at peace with those around us because the Prince of Peace has bled and died for us. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. My friends, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, if you sincerely desire what God has for blessings for His children, His saints, you will be persecuted. You'll stick out. You won't go along with the crowd. 
Your priorities will be different in life, in work, in school, in sports. People will mock you, make fun of you. This is a reality. My friends, count it a joy. When you suffer because you are following Christ and His Word. Count it a joy when you suffer for the name of Jesus. Blessed are they, yes, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. My friends, today we remember many who have died in the faith and who are already seeing the joys, the mansion, the lamb who was slain but is now alive. And we rejoice with them and we have a foretaste of the feast to come with them in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. God desires for all people to be saved. God has washed you clean in the blood of the Lamb. You are blessed right here, right now, by the Word of God. May God keep us in His hands, in His family, hungering and thirsting for His righteousness until we see Him face to face. May that be our celebration today and always. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our blessings in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We continue now with the offertory, page 192. Please stand as you're able. Grace and peace. Love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. In the early Christian church, they really knew how to celebrate. Their celebrations seem maybe a little odd or unique or perhaps even strange to our modern ears. One of the things that they really, really liked to celebrate was their birthday. Nothing odd or strange about that, right? But they didn't celebrate one birthday. They didn't celebrate two birthdays. They celebrated three birthdays. The first birthday is the same birthday that you and I celebrate. The day that we are physically born into this world. The second birthday, some of us remember, maybe even celebrate, the day that we are born again by water in the Word, born into the family of God through holy baptism, our baptism birthday. But it's this third birthday celebration that seems the strangest to us, but it was the one they looked forward to the most. The third birthday celebration for these early Christians was the day of their death. 
the day that they died and they left this veil of tears and went to be with their Lord and Savior, the mansion prepared for them since the beginning of time forever and ever. Amen. And so each year on the anniversary of a family or a friend, a Christian's death, they would gather together and celebrate. In time, people said, well, maybe we should combine our celebrations. Let's even do it at church. That's how the celebration of All Saints Day, November 1st, came about. A celebration that we continue to this day. What are we celebrating today? Are we celebrating those who have died in the faith? Are we celebrating a, a victory of heaven over hell? Are we celebrating that heaven exists? God's word teaches us that today and every day, quite frankly, we are to celebrate the fact that God has called us to be his children. That God has marked us with his name, that he has called us to be holy. In other words, God calls you and all who cling to him in faith a saint. I know that there are, there are other churches that have a different definition of what a saint is, living some super holy life, maybe even performing some kind of a miracle. We're not talking about any of that stuff. The word holy, and we have it a lot in our church service, holy, sanctus, sanctuary, saint. One who is declared holy by God. That's you. That's me. That's all who bear the name of Christ. In our gospel reading for today, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 1 to 12, our great pastor and teacher, Jesus, teaches us what it means. What it means that we are saints. What it means that God has called us, marked us, and declared us to be holy. Jesus opened his mouth. He taught his disciples and he teaches us. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To be poor in spirit. This is what God says a saint is. Poor in spirit. We don't want to be poor in anything, do we? We want to be rich. We want to have it all. God's word here is talking about that spirituality that we are all too quick to claim. It's very common, very popular. Wish I had a dollar for every time somebody told me. Uh, you know, 
I'm not very religious. I'm just spiritual. God's Word teaches us right here. God does not want your spirituality. He wants you to be poor in spirit. Emptying ourselves of any pretenses of being able to stand before the throne of God on our own. To be poor in spirit. King David teaches us in Psalm 51. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Lost in the trespasses of our sins. Spiritually dead. And not only spiritually dead, but spiritually enemies with God. To realize that our self-made, self-chosen, self-proclaimed spirituality is nonsense. The kingdom of God is for those saints who recognize their own sin and realize that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you are rich in things, if you are rich in pride, the kingdom of heaven, it's no big deal. Blessed. Blessed are those blessed are the poor in spirit. What happens when we're Poor in spirit, Jesus teaches us again. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What do you mourn over? What do you mourn about? What grieves your heart? Husker football? Are you mourning? Stock market, work conditions, the weather. These are the kind of things that, that bother us. They make us upset. We, we mourn over these things. God's Word teaches us something different. See, it's not enough just to recognize that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we realize our own sinfulness, when we realize that we are sinners, God's Word drives us to our knees and we mourn over our sin. Do we mourn over our sin or do we celebrate it? Do we mourn over our sin or do we make excuses for it? Do we mourn over our sin or do we look at other people's sin and judge them so that we can feel good about ourselves? Saints, 
Those who have been washed clean and declared holy in the waters of holy baptism acknowledge their sin and they are mournful over it. Their sin drives them to their knees. Their sin causes them to grieve because they realize that when they sin, they hurt not only themselves, they hurt not only those who are close to them, but first and foremost, their sin hurts and offends God. Blessed are the saints who know their sin and who mourn over it. God promises the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus our Lord. True comfort. No, no placebo. No, no fake good news. But a comfort that is won by the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus. Jesus goes on. Blessed are the poor in spirit. This is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. My friends, I don't know that I have ever in my life met someone who said, Pastor, I would like to be more meek. That's not the way our world works, is it? No. If you want something in life, you better stand up for yourself and you better go get it. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? We know how the world works. God teaches us right here in these Beatitudes. The saints of God are blessed when they know their sin. The saints of God are blessed when they hurt and are mourning over their sin. The saints of God are blessed when they are humbled by their sin. The fruit of knowing and confessing our sins is a gentleness and a meekness that only God can provide. We're not talking here about letting people walk all over us. We're not talking here about becoming an extreme introvert and never speaking up. No, we're talking about a humility that flows from the word of God that is created in us where we don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought when we know our own sins and God's gift of meekness is ours, we are not so, so harsh and rash and judgmental to others because we know we're all sinners in the same boat. To be poor in spirit, to mourn over our sins, to be humble and meek, under the Word of God leads us to, quite frankly, the most important of the Beatitudes. Verse 6, Matthew 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
for they shall be satisfied. What are you hungry for? What do you sincerely desire? What are you hungering and thirsting for in your life? Some people might call it you know, their bucket list. That's what they're hungering and thirsting for. Some people are hungering and thirsting for early retirement. Some people are hungering and thirsting for something athletically. Maybe even the Saints to win the Super Bowl again. These are the kind of things we hunger and thirst for, right? God's Word teaches us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. My friends, all these other things that we hunger and thirst for, they will never satisfy us. They will never satisfy you. Think of all the national championships your favorite team has won. Are you satisfied? No, you want one more. Think of all the material blessings that God has blessed you with. Are you satisfied? Most of the time, no, I want a little bit more. All of these gifts from God, when they become the most important thing in our life, when we hunger and thirst for them, they will always, always, always let us down. There is only one thing. There is only one thing that will truly satisfy. And that is the righteousness that God gives us through His Son. Through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, righteous, perfect, holy, comes for those who are unrighteous and unholy. The great exchange takes place at the cross. Where our sin is laid on Jesus. And Jesus pays the penalty. Pays the price in full. Jesus' righteousness becomes ours in the waters of holy baptism. Where we are robed in the righteousness of Christ. Forgiveness, life, and salvation are, are ours. It's a gift. God pours this out to us. And what do we do? Well, sometimes we, we abuse this forgiveness by trying to pile up all the more sin. Sometimes we abuse this righteousness by simply taking it for granted. My friends, God calls us His saints. We know that we are at the same time both saint and sinner. God has declared us righteous by the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. The sin that old Adam still rages inside of us. And it is a battle. Satan convinces us that we are full. Full of ourselves. Full of our stuff. And that we do not need the righteousness of Christ anymore. God's Word teaches us that there is an insatiable hunger and thirst 
for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation that only Christ can provide. That's why we come to church. Because we're hungry. Because we're thirsty. Not for coffee and donuts. We come to church because we are hungry and thirsty for the forgiveness of sins. We are hungry and thirsty for the good news of the gospel. No matter how miserable our life is going at the present time. We hunger and thirst for that which we cannot accomplish on our own. We hunger and thirst for that and that alone which can truly satisfy and fill us up with the good news, with the waters of eternal life, with the bread of life, the forgiveness of sins. My friends, as we hunger and thirst for this righteousness, and we are satisfied in Christ, God's blessings to us will overflow into the entire world. Blessed are the merciful. God's mercy is ours and we will be merciful to others. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We will sincerely desire the truth and the purity that God calls all of His children for. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We will strive to be at peace with those around us, because the Prince of Peace has bled and died for us. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. My friends, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, if you sincerely desire what God has for blessings for his children, his saints, you will be persecuted. You'll stick out. You won't go along with the crowd. Your priorities will be different in life, in work, in school, in sports. People will mock you, make fun of you. This is a reality. My friends, count it a joy. When you suffer because you are following Christ in His Word. Count it a joy when you suffer for the name of Jesus. Blessed are they, yes, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. My friends, today we remember many who have died in the faith and who are already seeing the joys, the mansion, the lamb who was slain but is now alive. And we rejoice with them and we have a foretaste of the feast to come with them in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. God desires for all people to be saved. God has washed you clean in the blood of the Lamb. You are blessed right here, right now, by the Word of God. May God keep us in His hands, in His family, 
hungering and thirsting for His righteousness until we see Him face to face. May that be our celebration today and always. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our blessings in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We continue now with the offertory, page 192. Please stand as you're able.